Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcasts 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. In this podcast, our moderator, Lee Procopio, is joined by our guest, Ben Kennigsberg, who is a cardiologist and critical care doctor at MedStar Washington Hospital in Washington, D.C., and assistant professor of medicine at Georgetown University. Today, he joins us to share his session at CHEST 2021 titled, Great Debates in Atrial Fibrillation Management in the ICU, where he discussed different issues with cardioversion technique in AFib in the ICU. My name is Ben Kenningsberg. I'm a cardiologist and a critical care doctor at MedStar Washington Hospital Center in Washington, D.C. I am a assistant professor of medicine at Georgetown University and the co-director of the medical CBICU here. Could you give us a brief overview of your session and you know the other sessions as well? So I had the honor of being the chair of a session at CHESS this year, which was entitled Great Debates in Atrial Fibrillation Management uh, in the ICU. I and mean, I was fortunate to work with several great colleagues. I um, worked with uh, Dr. Cruz from NYU, who discussed AFib in the intensive care unit, and Dr. Uh, Zachariah from uh, Johns Hopkins, who talked about anticoagulation in AFib in the ICU. And then uh, I uh, covered the topic of cardioversion debates or uh, you know different um, issues with cardioversion technique in AFib in the ICU. The overall goal of the session was to cover areas of clinical controversy, and there are certainly uh, numerous ones. AFib is a very common uh, problem in the ICU setting, and the management of it can seem very easy, but in fact, the you know specific decision-making can be controversial, and um, depending on the ICU involved, um, there can be a lot of heterogeneity of practice, and so we wanted to try to at least put together um, a comprehensive evidence-based focus on the current understanding of treatment of AFib in the intensive care unit. Um, my next question is, what are the key clinical takeaway messages and how can they be implemented into clinical practice? From each of the talks, there's a, a few main takeaways. One is that in critical illness in and of itself, AFib is, is often not the primary cause of illness. It's often a, a result of whatever the underlying disease state is, You know, commonly sepsis or any state that is leading to shock. And the management of AFib really should be focused on the management of the underlying shock state and mitigating any harms that are associated with atrial fibrillation. And often we see an undue and overly clinical focus on the AFib management itself that may not be helpful to the patient. In addition to that, it's very important to understand the hemodynamics of atrial fibrillation and in which patients AFib can contribute to hemodynamic derangement and contribute to shock. And that includes people with significant underlying cardiac pathology. And then the decision-making of anticoagulation, most patients in the ICU setting don't require bridging anticoagulation exclusively for atrial fibrillation. And, you know, certainly for any individual patient, the risk-benefit ratio of anticoagulation needs to be assessed. Um, often critically ill patients are getting get procedures or have had vascular access, certainly in the cardiovascular space, are often getting arterial access. And so the risk of bleeding needs to be less than the uh, benefit of being on anticoagulation in these patients. Again, with several caveats, including um, that people have very high CHADS-VAS scores, people with other indications for anticoagulation, and you know potentially people after cardioversion are at uh, more elevated risk, and that's also part of the risk assessment. So my next question is, what's the next steps for research in this area or what knowledge gaps need to be filled? Um, despite it being such a common disease, you know, commonly seen issue in the ICU, there's uh, numerous areas of uncertainty. Um, so really, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for scientific advancement. I'd say one of the key ones at a core level is really how detrimental is atrial fibrillation 
in the ICU? And, you know, are, are there potentially patients where, um, although, you know, in sepsis, for example, it, the cause of shock is vasodilatation and sepsis um, itself are potentially some of the negative effects on cardiac function, uh, like a, you know, a septic cardiomyopathy, is that mediated through sepsis directly or is it mediated through atrial fibrillation? And is there a potential benefit from a clinical outcome and a, and a patient standpoint and a cardiac standpoint to be thinking about treating atrial fibrillation differently? There's been some suggestive data looking at beta blocker use in, in patients like that. Certainly thinking about long-term uh, stroke risk in these patients, thinking about anticoagulation at different timings, plenty of opportunity for more science moving forward. Was there anything else that you would like to discuss um, either about your session or just like the topic in general that I ask you a question on? One key takeaway from my standpoint is that, and this is true across all of medicine, but that we need to be thinking about our treatments at the individual patient level. Um, And there are individual patients with similar disease states who um, might benefit from differences in the treatment plan. And so, you know, uh, I'm always a proponent of the right treatment at the right time for the right patient. And that is true for mechanical circulatory support uh, device selection, as it is for AFib management in the ICU. And so patients who are sick, uh, we need to understand their underlying physiology and also the underlying pathophysiology of the disease state to make decisions about next steps. Thank you for your time and for answering my questions today. Thank you so much for listening and for your interest. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Kenixberg.